Oh boy, oh boy. I am so super excited about this. We've got Jesus himself coming on the show. <laughs> yes, we do. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Joshua McHale. Yes. Coming back, second time inside the Crazy Ant Farm. And I mean, you know, he's going to be talking about Doom Patrol and the upcoming Respect movie. Yes. Freaking about uh, Aretha Franklin. And, and politics. Yeah. And po- he gets deep for a little bit. I know. So that's exciting. This we dude, always... there's so many different layers to this individual. It's like, true. he's such an a- epic person. Like, if you guys aren't following him, on uh, social media you definitely really should be because this guy is like he's everywhere man he's everywhere and we found out this week in the interview he's a gardener right uh, what that, exactly i mean he's a gardener <laughs> so <laughs> look for that in the interview exactly exactly but that's later on the show now let's get a little crazy What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 124 this week. Yes, 124. And man, oh man, we got a lot for you. We definitely do. There's just so much shit. Everybody knows that Disney's been quiet the past couple weeks, but this week, oh, they could not keep their mouth shut. (laughs) Oh, man. That that quarterly report came out, and then back the moving truck up, get you a storage room, because you're going to need it to put all this shit in. Hell yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on. There is, man. There is. And of course, I mean, like I said, Disney, Warner Media, Netflix, HBO, all these crazy things that we are going to be talking about oh on episode gosh. 124. But you know, your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What's up? And you know, before we get this thing started, be sure to head over to our website, crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. You see the shirts, you see the hats, the official Crazy Ant Media <laughs> logo shirt, as yes. you see on the the youtube video if you are listening on podcast platforms be sure to go back and watch the youtube video when it drops on saturdays yes but man oh man holy shit let's get into it man i mean we're taking it it back it seems like they are definitely taking it back to like old school hollywood because i mean we talked about it a little bit with the passing of uh the golden age actress that died the past couple or last week um olivia yeah yeah. like they stopped the uh the kind of the um the contracts to certain actors where they could only specifically work for that studio. Well, it might go back to that, guys. Yeah, because the 71-year in-effect law, remember 1948, Paramount versus the United States. Well, more like United States versus Paramount, right? right? The antitrust lawsuit that broke up the studio system because it said you can no longer own the theater change. You can no longer control where your movies go, who can see them, who can't see them. That is about to be gone. A federal judge has ruled that the decree is no longer legal. It has greenlit the Justice Department to get rid of it. And man, look, I want want to read this, make sure I got this, because it was important. The decision that was made, it makes total sense. It says that it was outdated. It says, after 70 years of technological innovation, new competitors, and business models, and shifting consumer demand, they fundamentally changed the industry. So these decree laws made no sense anymore. The judge went on to further say that the studios that were bound by the degrees, uh, decrees, not degrees, uh, RKO, MGM, Warner Brothers, Paramount, and Fox, they don't even exist anymore. Yeah. So how can, you know, Disney didn't have their own distribution deal at that point back in that day now they're a major player and they were still bound by this and then she pointed out and rightfully so 
Netflix, Amazon, Apple, and all the other streamers, they weren't subject to the degree law. So it was an unfair advantage. Yeah. The, the studios couldn't distribute however they wanted, wherever they wanted, whenever they wanted, but the streamers could. So all that went into saying, this isn't fair anymore, this right. isn't right anymore, we're getting rid of it. What does that mean? One, it's good news for the theaters in the sense that they're all dying right now with the pandemic. They're all bankrupt and Definitely. they're all barely. Now these studios can come in and buy significant chunks of these theaters and save them monetarily. Yeah. But as Logan just said, does this mean now also that they can start controlling what th- AMC, you can't see our movies, right. but Regal, you can see our movies. And this, will they start doing that again? Will they say these theaters can see it, these theaters can, or it can only play here? Right. Where like Disney literally has control over, say, Regal, or like right. fucking Warner Media has control over AMC. Like that is just absolutely insane. And then we, I go to back to the first look deals that we talk about literally every single week. With these first look deals, like, right. would they literally be signed to just the one studio? Exactly. Like, that's insane to me. So, but we have talked about this all the time. We 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 have said over and over and over again that with these mergers happening and the consolidation, that it was really going to go back down to five majors. Yeah, here it goes. This is what we talk about in the industry yeah. news every week: the five majors: Disney, Sony, Warner Media, NBC Universal, and, and Paramount. Yeah. That's your five majors, guys. Now they're all conglomerate owned at this point, except for Disney, which is a conglomerate. Right. But there it is. So, I, I mean, I just feel like since they've consolidated back, we're, we're almost back into the golden age yeah. of the five biggies. You have your minors, but you have the five majors. Well, you know what it is? It's the golden age of streaming. That's what it is. It's, uh, yeah. like, and it's, it's forced, crazy. It's forced the return of the golden age of Hollywood, yeah. which is crazy to me. But Yeah, absolutely bonkers, man. Absolutely bonkers. <laughs> but now nice. going nice. over to uh, the Mouse House. You Woo! guys know we love them. We love them. But, I mean, of course, like everyone else during the pandemic, they also took a beating. Like their yes. annual report like was absolutely insane. I mean, park delays. I mean, everybody knows the parks were shut down and the delayed release of its films uh, set major setbacks to the company. Uh, revenues fell 40% mm. uh, to $11.7 billion. That's still a lot of money. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, the quarterly share decreased by 94%. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Huge. They lost nearly $5 billion. They still turned a little bit of a revenue profit because they were able to write a bunch of stuff off. They knew this pandemic, yeah. when it started early, they were going to have to charge off a bunch of stuff. So that crafty accounting that a lot of the studios yeah. do, oh, they were able to see an eight cent profit, right? But the five billion dollars that they lost, here's the crazy part about it, okay? With all the stuff that Logan just mentioned, three billion of the five billion dollar loss was the parks. Yeah. The parks it being sense. shut down. Because guys, you know, yeah, you got all the TV, you got the movies, you got the store, you know, the merchandising and all that kind of stuff in there. But those parks generate a shit ton of money. So when they were closed, bam, yeah. right? I mean, it's absolutely insane, guys. It's absolutely insane. But I mean, as we see that, I mean, while everybody's stuck inside, the streaming is the way to go. And yes. their fucking Disney Plus numbers are fucking insane, guys. Yeah. They are now over 60 and a half million paying subscribers. And what was this? This was supposed to be like, they didn't 2024. think. 2024. Yeah, they didn't think they would even reach this until 2024. That's insane. They got it in nine months. Yeah. 
And if you add in Hulu and ESPN, they're over a hundred million subscribers uh, all on all of their streaming stuff. Dude. But the sixty-five point, you know, five Netflix, look out because yeah. they're they're, they're fucking on their way. storming, dude. They hit their five-year goal in nine months. Yeah. So, I mean, it's shit. crazy. It's crazy. And I mean, with the streaming service being so alive, and like a lot of films having setbacks, a lot of them are going to streamers. Now we heard Bob Chappick say. They, they don't want this to be a normal occurrence, no. but they are doing it with Mulan. I mean, I'm sure everyone has seen this past week on social media. They are going forth and putting Mulan on Disney+. Plus. We were calling that shit for oh, like yeah. the past month. Uh, it will premiere September 4th, but get this, guys. It's behind a paywall of $29.99. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, it's super crazy. And I, I, just, I, I don't know, man. No. I don't think that's right. No. It, you would have to pay more for the movie than you do for the entire service. Yeah. That's insane insane we ran a poll and like 80 plus percent said nope not gonna pay for it so there's also a lot of misinformation out there and we want to bring you the truth because that's what we're about black widow is not going to the streamer guys it is not happening not yet there was not yet all (laughs) kinds of news coming out of there that chapik said it he did not say that just mulan he said mulan would be a one-shot deal and they would see how it does but that they prefer the theatrical release and that black widow was absolutely not being planned other than its november theatrical release but i think it's going to be hard to judge it off this one just because of the massive paywall even other films that are being released vod like uh, the Invisible Man and like the Scooby movie mm-hmm. and all that. I mean, it's still $20. I feel like is comparable because, I mean, think about it. That's two movie tickets. So that's that's fine if you sit down and watch it with a family. But $30, I feel like that's asking a little much. Yeah, In my opinion, it's, it's, I feel like a lot of people are uh, thinking this way. So. And I get it because, look, it was a $200 million budget. Yeah, they have budget. to make their money They have somehow. to make the money. Yeah. Um, so I get the high price, but you're not going to rec- – you're, you're going to go in the red on this film no anyway. No matter what, yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't, do, man. I don't. I don't know. It, yeah. It's kind of. It's kind of something scary, I don't agree with. But something I do agree with is uh, they finally released a date for the Mandalorian to come yes. out. It's coming out in October, not a specific date, but the sub- season two yep. is coming out, and we're supposed to get a teaser trailer soon, or at least a full length trailer. Yeah. So, so that's, I'm super excited. I mean, super pumped because Star Wars is the only thing right now, uh, and Hamilton. Yeah. Obviously, of course, of course. but that's the only thing pumping right now, yeah. you know, because the MCU stuff, unfortunately, Chappic again said all three of the shows are still going to be delayed. They're not going to make their dates because why? COVID shut them all down yeah. and all three of them still have to film stuff. They're yeah. not even done filming yet. So he did confirm that all three still have stuff to film before they yeah, can debut. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty worried about the Marvel shows, to be honest with you. I know like uh, they're going forth still with all the movies and everything, but those are still also barely in production. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but they got some news on Shang-Chi, and that's kind of the only one right now. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, it, it's just – he did say, though, the footage that from all these shows is epic, apparently. Apparently. That's good. There's also a rumor. It hasn't been confirmed, and we don't like to do rumors, but it looks really good because the source is very reliable that Allison Brie has indeed signed on to play She-Hulk. Yeah. If that's true, Badass. that's going to be epic because I think that was the front runner from the get-go. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll keep our eyes on that. Yeah, very exciting. Uh, I'm really excited about this next one because they keep going with the female directors for this what? specific yes. like uh, superhero. Uh, Nina DiCosta. 
who recently directed the reboot of Candyman, has been tapped to direct Marvel's sequel to Captain Marvel. And I think that's a huge, huge thing, especially with diversity and putting women first, because we have a whole bunch of talented women out there. So definitely for freaking superhero movies, that is star is a female, like put a female in the forefront. Absolutely. And talk about straight up diversity. Not only are you putting in a female director, but an African-American female yes. director. It's it's literally history-making by exactly. Marvel. She will be the first African-American female director in the, in in place on a size of this magnitude Epic. film. And, and well-deserved. Good for you, Marvel. And, uh, you know, making strides, making moves. Remember, Iger had to fight to even get Captain Marvel made, the first one. So they're just kicking ass and doing it and couldn't be more happy for that. Well, like I said a few minutes ago, we were talking about Shang-Chi. They have returned to Australia and production should begin shooting again within the next couple days, which hopefully was this past week. So I'm really excited about that because this is like, this guy is only like straight up Kung Fu Karate, right? Like no superpowers or anything. That is correct. So I'm, I'm pumped because... There's not, I mean, you got like Falcon who and Iron Man who don't really have superpowers, but I feel like we need more people like that because, I mean, even though the superpowered people are badass like Thor and fucking everybody <laughs> like that, but I mean, these people I feel like are more relatable because they don't have superpowers well, and, and they're using what they're working yeah, with. Yeah, and Shang-Chi is the master of Kung Fu. I mean, he goes toe-to-toe with the powered people, including yeah. Iron Fist. Yeah. You know, him and Iron Fist go toe-to-toe, and Iron Fist has got the Iron Fist. Exactly. I mean, so you know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, But, I mean, Disney delayed the film's release from February 21st as the two Marvel movies preceding were shuffled back on schedule. But, I mean, well, hopefully soon, man. Hopefully soon. I have high hopes for it. I mean, I just don't understand Black Widow. It's finished. It's in the can. It's done. If this thing, if everything opens on time like it's supposed to in a couple of weeks, you know, all the theaters do open and there's not a lot of issues, fucking throw that shit out there. We'll see. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hope anyway. Yeah, I mean, the NBA players have seen it. Let us see it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, but this next one, I could definitely see Tom Hanks playing this guy. He's in early negotiations to play Gepo- Ge- Ge- Geppetto. Geppetto. Yes. And Disney's um, uh, live action retelling of Pinocchio. Yeah. Remember this. This was been rumored to be going on forever, guys. Yeah, uh, they tried a few years ago, and and Hanks was actually attached to it, mm. um, but it never went through. It, it kind of fell apart. The whole the, they lost the director, and just so the deal never through uh, went through with Hanks. Now Robert Zemeckis is on it. It's steamrolling. It's going. Hanks read the script and apparently reached out to Zemeckis and yeah. said, "I want to do this." And it seems like a no-brainer since Disney tried to reach out to him the first time. Yeah, exactly. I would assume that this is going to all work. So I, I really hope so because everybody knows Tom Hanks is America's dad. So, it's true. I mean, just say it. Just it's say true. It. Not no, that other guy that's in prison. No. no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not that guy. This next one, I it's interesting. It's very interesting to see how this is all going to play yeah. out. Um, but Kim Raver, uh, Camila Lettington, and Kevin McKidd, uh, whose contracts were all up at the end of last season of Grey's Anatomy, all signed new multi-year contracts that's the key yeah multi-year even like further than ellen pompeo's contract yeah it's all ellen ends next season guys and i supposedly that would have been the end of the show right because can you do grays without Without yeah and you know karen burkett you know the president of uh, abc entertainment is always saying as long as ellen wants to do it's kind of like the the supernatural stuff at cw as long as she wants to do it we'll do it yeah but i don't think she wants to do it anymore so what does it mean that these three signed three-year contracts past ellen yeah i it's really scary to me i really hope they don't like 
fucking stomp this thing into the ground for all that it's worth. Shonda, please be listening and just, like, just have a nice finale. Just have a nice finale. You really, we don't need this. We don't need it to be a soap opera. Obviously, it's a nighttime soap opera anyway, but we don't need it to be, like, 30 years deep like The Young and the Restless or Young and Hungry or whatever, blah, like... I mean, yeah, you've already broken the record for for uh, prime longest running primetime medical drama. Yeah, you're never gonna catch Law and Order, okay? That's not, because they're just gonna keep going as long as you keep going. And now that Stabler's coming back, no, just I agree with you. Just put it, end it the right way. How many times have we seen shows linger for too long, yeah. and the ending is just not just what you bad. wanted, right? Yeah, it's super sad, man. It's super sad. But uh, the Good Doctor over still at OBC uh, has halted its production. Uh, ramp and ramp up in Vancouver, British Columbia, due to concerns about COVID nineteen testing to the cast and crew. Uh, yeah, I mean, see what happens now, man. I mean, a whole bunch of different unions are behind this, seeing if like they want to move forward. But I don't know. Yeah, apparently there were some limitations with these three giant union divisions yeah. of like how often they could test, yeah. and the production company and ABC and everybody wanted to test more often than these unions were allowing them to test, and they just didn't feel safe, so. Yeah. I feel like a lot of things are going to be like that, though. They're going to like try to dabble in it a little bit, stick their feet out, test the waters, and it's still bad. Yeah, it's still bad. Still bad. Um, American Idol is resuming Idol Across America tour auditions, but get this, guys. It's going to be completely Zoom technology, yes. like everything else. <laughs> um, but now this is going to be the first time that American Idol will literally be able to hit all 50 states. Everybody knows they like stop in the biggest states in the country, which makes sense because there's a lot of people right. there. But now you could literally like FaceTime the show producer and like audition and get through the process and possibly be on a American Idol. Yeah, that virtual bus is going everywhere. Seriously. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a good thing. You will, like Logan said, be able to FaceTime with an actual producer and and even get in at some point FaceTime with the, the, the judges. judges. yeah. Um, you know, so it's not like you're missing out on that in-person experience or yeah. whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, we'll see if, how that if all any plays of those out. People, if any of our listeners want auditions, auditions are Monday. So, uh, yeah. reach out. Try to figure that shit out. Yeah, and no matter where the audition dates are like before when you were limited to the to the dates in the cities now if there's an audition monday you can audition exactly. if there's another one on such and such and it's not in your region you can audition exactly it's like so it's gonna be great hell yeah hell yeah oh sigourney weaver uh, has signed a to on to narrate a secret uh the secrets of the whales mm. a four-part event series for nat geo uh james cameron is on board to executive uh, director or whatever for service executive producer <laughs> uh, the series uh, chronicles of the whale the way of Fuck life Avatar. of the whales <laughs> uh it's set to premiere globally on nat geo on earth day which is april 22nd of 2021 in 172 countries and 43 different languages he he wants to live underwater i he think he does he just seems like that every project that has to involve water he's on right like i, I just okay yeah. we get it i know right we get it <laughs> uh, but now heading over to the lifetime network oh shit they plan on releasing and airing 30 new movies during its annual it's a wonderful lifetime block uh, that is touting some diversity of epic lineups uh, including a story about a chinese american family one starring a disabled actress and um yeah just a whole bunch of like lbtgq experiences like so that's really awesome yeah and this is in direct response to hallmark yeah because remember we talked about it on Makes last sense. week's show bill abbott 
just quietly out of there with the whole you know debacle of showing the commercial with with a gay couple and then taking it off yeah. and then putting it back on and all this kind of well lifetime is going to make that jump they're going to for the first time have a gay couple star in a holiday movie a christmas movie and you know we talked about too they they've got a new president at hallmark and she was on it about diversity and changing and putting it out there yeah. well lifetime's trying to beat them to the punch it makes sense i, mean, I feel like those two are mainly the competitors against oh, yeah, each other i mean definitely. of course the streamers dabble in a little bit of that shit but nothing like these two so exactly it makes sense it makes sense and also regina hall and bobby canaveral yes um has joined the cast of hulu's temple limited series nine perfect strangers they finally got all nine of them yes bobby makes nine okay. <laughs> this show just it's it every week we're adding a new person but right they've got all nine there so hopefully go. next week we don't talk about nine strangers i mean I don't you know. never know you never know i mean maybe oh this really sucks because this was on my must watch list i mean we myself and uh, little cam started a list of things we wanted to watch on different streamers and apparently we don't we might not watch this one um no you should still totally uh, still watch, watch it even, even if it's not going to go forward you should totally yeah. still watch uh, it but, uh, we're talking about hulu opted to cancel high fidelity after one critically appraised uh season it's uh, insane yeah i'm so pissed hulu you reached out to me and asked if you could use my tweet to promote the show and then you canceling it on me it. It, yeah yeah in zoe kravitz words you know it, it, for I, I, i'm not ready I'm not okay. This is fucked. This is fucked. I'm just saying, this was a really good show with a diverse cast and a great storyline, and it was just... It needed to keep going. Yeah. Uh, Done. It's crazy. uh, 80-something, almost 90% (laughs) on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics and the fans. How do you cancel a show like that? <laughs> Insane. Insane. Uh, but now, as Selena Gomez has signed on to star and executive produce alongside Steve Martin and Martin Short in the upcoming Hulu comedy series, Only Murderers in the Building. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but. so I kn- this came out of nowhere. I, at no point when we were talking about this show a couple of months ago, did I ever think they would add Selena Gomez to the cast? Right. This is a, you remember this one? It's about the two little detectives, but they never leave their building. Yeah. They only investigate murders that happen in the building. Yeah. Well, now Selena Gomez is going to be part of that cast. Makes sense. Is she a detective? Is she a murderer? Is she a victim? We don't know. We don't know. But oh my goodness! Uh, more Hulu news. Elle Fanning is attached <clears throat> to star in Hulu's "The Girl from Plainville," uh, based on the real life case of Michelle Carter, who was infamously convicted of involuntary manslaughter in 2017 after texting her boyfriend, uh, encouraging him to commit suicide. This is a fucking dark premise and like a dark story. So. This is going to be crazy. Is this what you canceled High Fidelity for? I hope not. I'm just saying. I mean, I could have done without this story. I saw it all on the news. High Fidelity. Just bring it back. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I love Elle Fanning. Don't get me wrong. I think, but... I don't know. Yeah, right? It's insane. It's insane. Well, other things that are insane and that are insane <laughs> in the membrane that make everybody uh, mad. Uh, Warner Media, HBO Max's planned unscripted Friends reunion. Everybody was joshing for it, really excited. Well, now, I mean, it's being delayed once again because of fucking Corona. Yeah. These, yes. Look, the Friends are terrified to get in a room together yes. <laughs> as far as COVID is happening. They're not going to wear masks. They're not going to do shit. They ain't getting in a room until this shit's over. That, apparently. that's. Yeah. A, but, I mean, when you're the Friends. Yeah. 
He that's can do okay. You, you can do whatever you yeah. want. I mean, you know, they don't want to be at risk, and rightfully so. So I exactly, mean, exactly. Plus, do you want to see a Friends reunion show with them all wearing masks no. and shit? No. no, you want it to be in then Central Park because I'm sure that's where the oh, yeah. setting is going to be. You know, and kind of just have them all normal, For right? Sure. I, I mean, you For know. sure. Oh my goodness, this lady has been all over our industry news the past couple of weeks. Yes, Is Ray is set to executive produce a two-part documentary for HBO exploring the history of black television called Seen and Heard. It will look uh, at the issue through the eyes of those who wrote, produced, and created and starred in great uh, groundbreaking series in the present and the past. Yeah. Diane Carroll, I bet. I mean, they're one of the first African-American leads in a television show back in the day. Uh, I mean, I hope that they explore that and go into that. But this sounds really interesting yeah, to me because when you look at the span from the 1960s on, you know, as far as black television goes, there it was sporadic at yeah. best until just recent. Exactly. So this is going to be really interesting. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. And maybe that can get some uh, behind the scenes in depth, like conversation about that, like maybe why that was happening and maybe, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's a very good educational piece because I feel like a lot of people just kind of unintentionally don't think about things like that. It's true. So I I think this is going to be good for America. The Duplass brothers. It's also good for America. Give Mark Duplass a fucking Emmy for the morning show. Right? But these guys are not afraid of jumping into controversial weird shit. They're really Right? They, they just attack it. Well, this next one is really weird. They have set their latest HBO project, The Lady and the Dale. This is going to be a documentary about the 1970s auto scam mm. that centered around a mysterious entrepreneur, Elizabeth Carmichael. She rose to prominence when she released a fuel-efficient three-wheeled vehicle mm. during the 1970s gas wars and gas crisis. Uh, I remember those, and it was not it was <laughs> not fun. Yeah. Um. But there were questions about old Carmichael. There, the the apparently she was born a man. Mm. Dean Carmichael mm. was a criminal wanted for grand theft, oh, fraud, shit. and being involved with the Colombian drug ring. So, Holy shit. yeah, she's one of the first high profile like celebrity transgenders if celebrity if you will transgenders and so this will be interesting how do you come across shit like this (laughs) that's what i'm saying the duplass brothers they just jump in man that's wild i mean kudos to that that's some deep digging like holy shit (laughs) i am i'm intrigued deep digging i am intrigued uh and more hbo warner media all that good shit uh the cw will team with women in film uh los angeles to televise the organization's uh star-filled make it work variety show on uh, august 26th Yep. The show touts a lineup and in influential women in the film industry and television industry worlds that is like Alison Brie, Bernie Finstilled, uh, Alfred, uh, Alfred, I Alfred, Alfred <laughs> Woodard, yes, yes, uh, what Rosario Dawson, yeah. Jane Fonda, Jennifer Garner, Elizabeth Giles, Catherine Hahn, Cheryl Ines, and a shit ton of others. So many like women who paved the way basically yeah and they're gonna it's gonna be a variety show they're gonna feature uh musical and comedy sketches and celebrity testimonials and everything this is the first actual variety fundraiser type event ever on the cw yeah so it's making history that way but good women in film women in television they need to be recognized
guys. It should have been recognized a long time ago. Exactly. Kudos for the CW for doing it. Exactly. And that sounds like it's going to be really exactly. fun. Exactly. Playing catch up, but at least you're doing it. That's right. Um, Viacom CBS, they cannot get out of fucking legal trouble, no. man, to save their damn lives. No. Uh, the late uh, the late show with Stephen Colbert's uh, music producer, uh, Giovanni Canici. Uh, there you go. Hey, thank you. Uh, has been let go from the show after a woman accused him of sexual misconduct back in 2010. Musician Paige Stark has allegedly has alleged that the incident took place in um, was at work at a lookout management company where he was employed from 2002 to 2014, yeah. and he has expressed uh, uh, interest in her band and the two met at the music marathon at a conference in 2010, and apparently made advances while they were alone in an elevator. Yeah, and um, so the, look. I know we, we talk about this all the time. This allegedly happened in 2010. Yeah. Just now coming out. We can't say whether it's true or not true. He denies it. She says it's true kind of a thing. The one thing we know for sure, this seems to be the culture at CBS. Right. Like, like yeah. what the fuck? We thought once Moonves was gone, this shit was supposed to be over, Apparently right? not. <laughs> oh, Viacom is taking control now. It's all one big happy company, right? No. Why the fuck every week are we talking about some sexual misconduct at CBS? It's, it's ridiculous, y'all. It's quite frustrating, to be honest, because... Because for people, up-and-comers, trying to make their way in, especially being males, I feel like we might be looked at a certain way, like, oh, be careful, be careful, just because of the gender. But it shouldn't – I don't know. It's just a crazy situation. It is crazy. And then the other legal things that he was talking about, Judge Judy uh, is getting sued and CBS is getting sued from the company that had the television rights or that was supposed to share in the television rights with Judge Judy. And they're going after them because apparently less. Uh, sold the library of all the past shows to Judge Judy for like a ridiculously low amount of money and then realized he fucked up and then knew he was going to get in trouble from the board and so he bought it back from her for like some insane amount of money like $900 million or something $200 million some crazy insane number to which she made a shit ton of money well the people that were supposed to share in the profit didn't get any of that, mm. didn't, so they're suing. And then fucking uh, uh, Alan Dershowitz is suing them or threatening to sue them because they called him a schneister on the good fight. Mm. Just a lot of shit, man. A lot of shit. Come on, Viacom. Get they, your shit together. They really cannot fucking stay out of trouble. Uh, but, I mean, this yes, is pretty cool. Comedy Central, one. a branch off, um, it has greenlit a new Ren and Stimpy series. Yes. Details are slim. Not, nobody really knows a lot about it. But they have they have planned to uh, hire a new creative team for an update, which will be a reimagined uh, for the new generation. Yeah, don't go too crazy because Ren and Stimpy were perfect the way they were. Don't reimagine them too crazy. I mean, I need my Ren and Stimpy. You idiot. Mm-hmm. They could be back to talk about Les Moonves. You right. idiot. I mean, exactly. just I'm just saying. Exactly. I'm excited for Ren and Stimpy, though. Yeah. You know me. We don't get very excited about reboots, revivals, etc. but... I like Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, and I mean, but heading over to NBC Universal, they are—they're in a bad spot. They're in a mm. bad spot. They have confirmed uh, Jeff Shell, who is their CEO, has confirmed that layoffs have begun at the company as a plan of restructuring designed a emphasis on its new streaming platform, the Peacock. Um, and uh, the theme park unit has been mostly uh, directly affected. So yeah, that's crazy. That sucks. I mean, laying off a bunch of people already because of COVID. And now they're laying off even more people at the theme park because they're reimagining yeah, shit. Like, yeah, with oh, we're gonna focus.
focus on streamers. We got to cut costs. But See you also, later. yeah, you like, know, it's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. But even more crazy. I don't know why Warner Media just didn't try to buy the overall rights to this franchise because it would have made much more sense. A lot of people are pissed that a lot of shit is coming off of HBO Max now. Uh, but the eight film Harry Potter franchise will start streaming on the Peacock uh, starting in October. The company says that it will be uh, an available in the windows and meaning that it will come on and off the platform over the next six months and into 2021 yeah i hate when they do this shit it's exactly like how amazon prime is uh amazon prime and amc are doing uh the fucking madman yeah it's exactly that shit that's really fucking annoying well and, and it's because of a stupid contract that that hbo or, or warner brothers signed with NBC Universal back in 2016 yeah. that gave them the exclusive rights. Apparently, they worked out like a little window a contract so that they could have it when HBO Max debuted, but they it was for a limited time, and then it went straight yeah. back to the 2016 deal. So that's... Well, I mean, I'm sure you saw also fucking uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman uh, franchise is coming off there as well. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it's insane, man. They wanted to have it all pumped up so everybody would sign up, and then all the shit's leaving. Yeah. Like, I mean, that makes no sense. Exactly. Oh, man, one of Hollywood's golden boys right now, Ryan Reynolds, is set to star in Universal Pictures every day. Parenting Tips, a family comedy <laughs> that will be helmed from Pageantin director Paul King. The project hails from Phil Lord and Chris Miller. The film uh, yes. will see Ryan Reynolds play a dad dealing with everyday challenges of a family raising uh, kids made of all most difficult by an ongoing great monster uprising. Oh. Yeah, oh. Uprising. This is hilarious. So it's going to be directed by the Paddington Bear guy. Yeah. And the Lego Movie guys, you know, <laughs> are going to be the producers behind it yeah. with Ryan Reynolds. All of that just screams to me epically hilarious. Exactly. That, that's going to be good. Hell it's going to yeah. be good. Hell yeah. Oh, I'm excited about this next one because King James has been doing a lot of shit since making the move out to L.A. But Universal Pictures has acquired the rights to New Kid, the 2019 graphic novel by Jerry Craft with LeBron James Spring Hill Entertainment on board to develop and produce. The graphic novel was highly uh, popular by several other buyers or uh, entertained by several other buyers, but Spring Hill filled a little spring hill has uh, been so touched by the story and aggressively went after it and so now they have partnered with universal pictures to make this thing happen he is i mean the king for sure he is taking over hollywood i mean this guy is on it oh sony 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 Sony. Sony. they want to dance with somebody this one we told you about several months ago that they were going to do a biopic film about whitney houston which you know is going to be huge because all the buyout rocket man and and bohemian rhapsody and all they're all doing mega right now right so you take probably the biggest singer in our generation prior to her death whitney houston it's going to be a big film well sony got it Sony got it uh, in a heated auction with six other film streamers and uh, studios that wanted it, but Sony got it. Um, and like we said, we told you back in April, uh, you know, Clive Davis has signed on to this. The Whitney Houston family has signed on to it. So th- this is big news, man. Yeah. I think it's going to be a huge movie and good for Sony for getting it. Yeah, I mean, the biopics are really fucking popular right now, so it makes sense, man. It makes sense. I'm excited. I'm really excited, especially who they cast to play Whitney Houston. It's going to be very interesting. Very, yeah. Alicia Wainwright. I'm just saying. Just I'm just saying. I, it, it just This next one, mm. I'm so freaking excited about because, you know, I was a huge fan of the original show. 
Who's the boss is coming back? Yeah, buddy. Yes, but it's a revival, not a reboot. It's going to take place kind of like the Fuller House thing. Yeah. You know, Samantha is now a single mother living on her own in the old house that they lived in when she was growing up. Judith Light, not attached to Star, and it just Tony and, and Alyssa Milano. So why are they in <laughs> you know, yeah. the house? I don't understand because that was Angela's house, not Tony's house, and they never did get married. And like, It's going to be confusing, but it's all awesome because they're coming back. Exactly. I can't believe – I didn't remember this. The original show – 33 million viewers per episode for its eight-year run and 10 Emmy nominations and five Golden Globes. But put that in perspective. Nowadays, if you get five or seven million, you're a huge hit. Right. 33 million per episode. Yeah. Boy, have times changed, right? That's pre-streamers. Yeah. I'm just saying, that's pre-streamers. Exactly. You didn't have, you know, other places to go. You had to tune in. So, Hell man. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Well, this next one is crazy. Uh, MGM, I think this is a counter to uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Bradley Cooper is in talks to appear in Paul Thomas's Anderson's film uh, Next Venture, which is being described as a coming-of-age story set in the 1970s uh, San Fernando Valley. No word yet on what role Cooper will play, but, I mean, you know, you know, everybody loves uh, uh, picture pics. Fuck it. <laughs> picture pics. Uh, period pieces. Yes, period pieces and picture pics. Yeah. I love those. Not so, dick pics. Though. Yeah. Focus Features didn't love it, though. They got rid of it. That's why it's at MGM now. So yeah. I don't know what that move was, yeah. but you know. Exactly. <sighs> this next one. Excited about who's the boss. Not excited about this one. And I'm going to go on record right now because you know we predict things, right? You know we do these things. I'm just going to go on record right now. The fans will kill this. It will never happen. They stopped it the first time. They're going to stop it this time. That's my prediction. Lionsgate CEO John Feithenheimer has confirmed the worst kept secret in Hollywood that Jennifer Garner, I mean Jennifer Garner, Jennifer Jennifer Gray, Jennifer Gray, baby, you know baby, she's not in the corner, but they're doing a new Dirty Dancing movie, and she is involved, she will be executive producing and starring in it, no, 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 it shouldn't happen, it shouldn't shouldn't. happen, you, when you realize that they they for sure waited for uh, Patrick Swayze. To yeah, pass, like. yeah. That, how shitty is that? Because yeah. I mean, he he wouldn't do it. You no. know, he wouldn't do it. The fans don't want it. They that's why they did Dirty Nights of or Dirty Dancing Havana Nights because they didn't want the other spinoff. The exactly. other, you know, I don't think they're gonna want it this time. I like Jennifer Grey, you know, but Baby's now Granny. She's like sixty something years old. What I mean. What? Yeah. I, just don't do this line. Don't Stupid. do it. Well, I mean, they're doing other questionable things as well. I mean, they saw that Corona is infecting everybody, but so they decided to push back John Wick 4 uh, back a year, honestly, mm. and they've also decided to come out with a fifth one as well. Oh, and they're going to shoot them back to back. Yeah. That's the big thing now. Shoot them all back to back. So, yeah. you know, just. Mm. Uh, it's insane, man. It's insane. Uh, but now it's supposed to open um, Memorial Day weekend in 2022. Yeah. Eh, damn. So that's been pushed back an entire year. Exactly. Like, uh, I just don't even. Speaking of pushbacks, uh, Annabellum, it was pushed back. Remember we talked about it on the show last week? Well, now it's just not happening. Right. It's not going to theaters, guys. They've decided to release it straight into streaming, premiered on premium video on demand on September 18th. So if you were looking forward to Janelle Monet's movie in the theaters, 
It's not happening now. Antebellum, straight to streamers. It makes sense. It makes sense, man, because that's just where that's the landscape right now. It that's does. That's the landscape. Uh, and also, for all you stars, power fans, everybody knows uh, that Power Book 2 Ghost is also coming out. Uh, it's supposed to be like a prequel or whatever, or a spinoff. Um, mm-hmm. It's set to premiere September 6th, so I hope everybody's excited about that. This ne- I'm super pumped about this because A24 is the big indie film market right now, or indie film studio. Yeah. And Emma Stone and writer and director Dave McRae have launched their Fruit Tree uh, film and television production banner yeah. that launches or that is going to partner with the uh, A24 for a two-year first look deal. Yeah, I'm super. It totally makes sense because A24 was behind La La Land. Yeah. So they're real familiar with Emma and what she can do and what she can bring. Exactly. So totally makes sense. And yeah, I'm a huge fan like you of Emma. I just think she's brilliant. Yeah. And this is a smart move by A24. There's no doubt about it. I agree, man. I agree. And I mean, also other big freaking things happening in Hollywood. New Republic Pictures. New Republic Pictures has signed Jake Gyllenhaal and Riva Marker's Nine Stories to a first look production deal. Uh, this is the second uh, deal that they have made in recent weeks. Uh, so yeah, congratulations to them. Yeah, what we talked about it, uh, I don't know, I think last month, right? Kate Blanchett, she mm-hmm. was the first one. So yeah, I mean, good for them, making some moves. They gotta keep up with A24. That's what I it mean. is. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, I mean, now... I don't know this why this is one, happening. I don't know either. I don't know. Why. I don't know. Uh, and, and why is the person that's doing it doing it? I don't know. Because Aquaman was so massive, you don't need to do this. It's okay. Spyglass Media, they're developing a Knight Rider movie, feature film, not a television movie, a Knight Rider, that Knight Rider, David Hasselhoff, the Hoff Knight Rider feature film. And James Wan is attached to it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Why? Doesn't make sense. Why? You tried this numerous times. It didn't work. It doesn't work. The last time it was on TV, they had an updated car. Val Kilmer was kid. Yeah. First of all, never do it without William Daniels. Yeah, if you're right? not going to have William Daniels' voice kit, don't even do it. Exactly. Don't even try it. I just think this is a bad move. I think it's stupid. I think it's really stupid. I don't understand why this needs to happen. We need to stop with the reboots, guys. Stop with the reboots. Find new material. Uh, Heading over to Netflix now. Uh, They have just acquired a Disney-owned 20th Century Studios film, uh, The Woman in the Window. Yes. It's going to be leaving the Mouse House and is heading to Netflix. The streamer is finalizing its acquisition of the film, and they're trying to make this one an event film. And it's a thriller that stars Amy Adams and is directed by Joe Wright. No word yet on when this will be released, but I, I like how they're doing these, though. Event films. Yeah, event film. And this one was hotly contested as well. Dozens of people wanted this one. Netflix looks like they're going to get it. Um, and, you know, Netflix and Disney aren't normally really friendly. So the yeah, idea exactly. of Netflix, Disney agreeing to sell this to Netflix is is mind-boggling to a lot of the other people that wanted it. So yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> and it's- Amy Adams ain't done. No. That, she, that one for Netflix and her and Adam McKay are teaming up for a Netflix limited series called Kings of America. Uh, apparently, it's going to tell the story of three powerful women who were inextricably intertwined in the world's largest company, a Walmart heiress, a maverick executive, and a longtime Walmart saleswoman and preacher who filed the biggest class action class action lawsuit in history. Mm. That's what it's going to be about. Damn. 
Yeah. It's a true story. Yeah. So it's going to be epic. Hell yeah. Amy Adams. I mean, she's everywhere, man. And Netflix, it loves the limited series. So it makes sense. <laughs> it's true. Um, Netflix is also adapting a podcast, which is a huge thing right now. Amazon does it a lot. Yep. Uh, it's called 36 Questions into a Feature Film. Uh, the plot details are being kept under wraps, and the sources say it's a romantic drama set in a music world based on uh, hits. Uh, of the podcast, I mean, you know, it's gonna be a great thing. It's gonna be yeah, a great thing. I, I mean, I'll be honest, and maybe I, I, I mean, I'm gonna take some slack. But I've never heard of 36 questions, nor have I. So I've never heard of the podcast. So I'm gonna go and listen to it and see what it's all about because I'm curious how they're gonna make a movie out of it. Exactly, so. exactly. Well, this next one comes by no surprise, heading over to Amazon and Amazon Prime. Amazon Studios has renewed Hunters for a second season. I mean, that A-list cla- cast and fucking there's like so many people that are talking about this one it's true i i mean it's it's a brilliant show if you guys haven't watched it yet do yourself a favor get on there watch it you're gonna be like enthralled from the first episode on i'm telling you it's great i agree this next one i'm not so sure about we talked about this way back like a year ago when they first talked about doing it um and now apparently it's a go amazon studios has picked up to series a league of their own from uh, co-creators Abby Jacobson, and it's gonna uh, who she's also gonna star, and Will Graham. Yeah, um, make it an hour-long series. I don't. I'm not. I'm not okay with this one either. No, and, like, and here's <laughs> why I'm definitely not okay with it. It's gonna be a a reimagining See? of the movie of why? Penny Marshall's class. Penny Marshall. Uh, that was brilliant. It was the, Tom Hanks and Gina Davis, Madonna, all of them. Lori Petty. It was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. You shouldn't reimagine shit it was perfect the way it was don't i just no i know there will be crying in baseball with this because i don't think it's going to be good yeah i'm crying right now because this is happening (laughs) uh but amazon also struck a first look deal with lizzo uh she this is not her first time working in film and television though uh she has starred in a feature film everybody saw j-lo's hustlers Mm -hmm. and voiced a character in ugly dolls so i mean but this is her first major move with her company and right. herself. And so. in television, right? Because it's all been film work in the past, right? Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Go yeah. Lizzo. Right? <laughs> Had no idea. No. Had no idea. Mm, this next one makes sense because they got the most uh, yeah they're the they're the biggest company in the world now by the way they passed up you know amazon i don't know if they're still there but they they passed up amazon apple has signed a first look television deal with appian way why does that sound familiar because we talk about it all the time it's leo's company leonardo dicaprio has signed a deal with apple yes i love it i love it i think it makes sense because a lot of like filmmakers they're getting their money from Apple, so it just makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of other filmmakers, uh, Apple has given a straight-to-series order to a drama series from Robert Downey Jr. and Susan Downey's team. Uh, I'm, I'm by not, I'm really not surprised. Team uh, Downey, man. Yeah, they're seriously. everywhere. I mean, uh, let's be honest. RDJ and, and Susan are kicking ass. Yeah, they are like literally. What they've got one on HBO. They're, they're working with Apple. They're working with Disney. They're now they're working. I mean, just everybody. I Exactly. Everybody, it, exactly. it's crazy. And I mean, it's going to follow like a frustrated Canadian detective who takes a decade-old case and hopes of finding a winning uh, confession and becoming a super or a superhero, uh, <laughs> becoming a hero in the midst of all of it. So I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited. Yeah. I mean, a lot of good content, especially a lot of like good drama heading to Apple. So it's true, killing it. I got to be honest. I've never heard of Vertical Entertainment. 
but I'm excited about this project. Yeah. Okay. Vertical Entertainment has apparently landed the distribution rights to Tyler Norwood's documentary called Robin's Wish. Mm. And it's a feature that chronicles Robin Williams' final days and for the first time is going to focus on his fight against his neurological disease mm-hmm. and his uh, dementia and his depression. And wow. it's going to kind of like deep dive into all of that. Um, so I'm excited about that. I think that. that'll be good to start a conversation like we were talking about with this at Ray. That'll be really good to start a conversation about mental health, especially if you are someone in the limelight or someone who is very popular among like who you hang around with. Like, But what are you hiding behind closed doors? Right. So I feel like that's a good conversation. Because he was genuinely always smiling, always seemed like he was the happiest guy on earth and clearly not. Exactly. And so, yeah, this is – I agree. This I agree. next one. I don't know why he thought this was a smart decision. Mm-hmm. I love The Rock. I He's a fucking great dude, great businessman, but this motherfucker bought the XFL with his business partner and ex-wife. Um, I, I don't know why. Why would you do this? Why? You saw Vince McMahon fail countless times, and you decided to be like, oh, fuck it, I'm going to do it. I mean, I... I don't understand. I don't either. $15 million. Yeah. They bought the – to put this in perspective, they bought the entire league for $15 million. One team in the NFL is worth $5.5 billion. They bought the entire league for $15 million. Yeah. That should tell you everything you need to know. This is a bad idea. The Rock is very bankable. He's a very big star. He's yeah. got a lot of money. They're very smart people. Him and his ex-wife are just brilliant people. They seem to be everything touch and turn in the gold. This, I don't think, is going to work. I know, man. I just, I, when I saw this, I was like, why, Dwayne? Why? But, I mean, everybody has to have a misfire, right? I guess, man. I guess. But this next one is definitely not a misfire because Ryan Reynolds is everywhere right now. Like yes. he's, he's been throughout our industry news, but he has launched a group effort initiative to a self-finance diversity and inclusion program that aims to give people of color a chance to work and learn on the actor's uh, production. So that's amazing. The program will run through his production banner, uh, Maximum Efforts. Yeah, and this is really cool. He's going to take basically 10 or 20 people from these underprivileged and underdeveloped communities, people of color and poor people, and just, uh, you know, and bring them onto the set and put them in positions. And yeah. he's going to pay them out of his own salary, not it. the film, to his own salary. And they're going to get the opportunity to learn in these positions and work on a film and then maybe have a career in the film industry. I think this is a brilliant move. I, do. I also think, too, yeah. you know, Ryan Reynolds is like one of those connected guys and always oh, yeah. a challenging. Chris Evans has already signed on, but there, now there's dozens of other celebrities who are now going to join this initiative and do it on their films as well. Yeah. So I think this is brilliant. Yeah, I just absolutely love what he's doing with everything that he's got going on in his life. He's epic, man. He's he epic. Is. But now, heading over to another epic individual, Joshua McHale, Woo-hoo! coming on to talk about Doom Patrol, R-E-S-B-C-T. <laughs> and, I mean, just so much more. Just such an educated individual, especially being, I mean, since being a Atlanta-based actor, you know we had to talk about the heartbeat bill. And yes. what was that going to do if productions and studios pulled out of Atlanta what like that would have left a lot of people and he like had, yeah like a really deep thought process on this and what it means to his community because one of the big shows shoots in his hometown exactly. where he was born and raised you guys are gonna love this one man yeah I agree the up and comers definitely gonna love this one he's definitely a big fish in a small pond well here he is Joshua McHale welcome back inside the crazy ant farm man how are you 
Oh man, it's crazy here inside the crazy <laughs> farm, my dude. That's always, right. man. <laughs> Wouldn't be fun if it wasn't. All's well, all's well. Dude, we have a whole bunch to talk to you about because since the last time you came on, you've been a very busy fella. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Not a when, problem. When was the last time? I, how, how much? I, it, I, I don't was, know what. Uh... It was probably like uh, maybe a year, a year and a half ago. Yeah, it man. was like right after yeah. the dirt came out. Yep. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, that's, yeah I guess a handful of things. Yeah, that's some good stuff. <laughs> you know, you know, just a little things here and there. I mean, literally popping up on like everything we watch. Exactly. <laughs> Makes uh, us uh, very prideful to have you on our show again and to have you on for the first initial time. But I mean, the first thing we want to talk to you about today. I mean, personally, is. Um, the five states of fright, just because, like, this is a Quibi series, correct? So how did the filming for that go? Yeah, um, or, or 50 states of fright, yeah, because it's, yes. it's about the United States. So they were, they, I guess the idea was that they're going to do one for every state. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it, it was great. It was a, it was a cool thing. I, I worked with, or a couple of directors worked with before on a, on a film called Intruders. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Netto and Adam Schindler, which really lovely dudes, and we shot that in Vancouver, and um, it's a, and you know, it's a really, really cool series uh, produced by Sam Raimi, and um, they they got some really talented young directors. My my buddy Ryan Spindell, who I work with down at Florida State, uh, I did his thesis film. He That's had awesome. a, a segment in it. Yeah, it was it was cool as hell. He had he has a segment. I don't know if you guys have seen the whole thing, but um, his is the Bigfoot segment, and ah. ours is uh, Minnesota. So his his was Washington State, I think. Yeah. From a production standpoint, though, what's that like? Because it's short form. So, so how is that in the shooting? I mean, is it a tight schedule? Is it quick, or is it pretty similar to when you're shooting a regular series? Or how does that work since it's all done short form? Yeah, we we kind of shot it just like a a normal episodic. So it was. I think I was up there maybe. I think they only had four or five days to shoot this thing. Oh wow! Um, so and that was part of their their challenge in writing this stuff is that it all had to kind of take place in one setting and, and they found a great setting there's a, a farm and a couple of houses they could use all within a certain uh you know a pretty close uh, pretty close kind of uh, area there up there up in vancouver and um so they they were economic with with how they handled the the shooting but um you know it it <laughs> it took place we shot it over halloween and um, it, it was just like one episode. But yeah, I mean, it sounds really exciting and it was very interesting to see because like you said, I guess they, for an editing standpoint, they just break it up between acts for the, the certain episodes. Like, cause each one of these episodes is like roughly seven or eight minutes. So yeah, it's really yeah. interesting to see, hear how it all came about and how it all like fit together. I love it though. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty, it's a, it's a cool idea and I hope, I hope it finds life, um, I, I think it really got boned by COVID and, yeah. and a number of other yep. factors. You can't stream it to your TV, so that was one of the bigger complaints about Quibi. Yep. But yep. Um, you know, it was ideally built for folks that are on long train rides or whatever, or, right? Or you know, just have a, a break, you know, quick lunch break or whatever, and can pull up something and watch seven minutes or something. But interesting idea. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's doing too great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, though, we talk about it all the time. There's so much good content on there, though, or so much good content that still hasn't arrived yet. I hope it finds another platform to show up on because some of this stuff totally. is ingenious. So I hope it lives on somewhere else after, yeah, and after I think Quibi's I'm, demise, right? Right. And, and 50 States of Fright, I think some of those directors have already started working on 
new scripts for the thing. And see, there you oh, go. Wow. You know, it's it. It could be. Uh, it, hopefully, it'll find a, a home somewhere else. Yep. Yeah. If, if not agree. Quibi, if Quibi doesn't find a second life. That's yeah, right. I I hope so, man. I was very hopeful at the beginning of it, but yeah, I mean, since like. And they kind of kept like the same content around. I mean, they release stuff every once in a while, but yeah, I I hope it because it's a very interesting concept, like you said. Like if you're just, especially if you're waiting at like the DMV or if you're waiting like in line somewhere, like you know, shit can get boring. And like if you have a little like seven minute episode to watch, that's it. That's epic. So that's that's what's up. And I heard that Die Hard show that the Kevin Hart, yeah, John John Travolta show is really great. That's what I heard. A number of shows on there are great. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So. Uh, but uh, another one we also wanted to talk to you about, because our buddy James Dumont came on the show to promote this one as well, is Righteous Gemstones. This one is absolutely taken off on HBO, man. Yeah, yeah, that was a dream to be a part of. Hell yeah. I mean, what was it like freaking working with all those amazing cast members? I mean, the legend himself, John Goodman, and then Danny McBride, hilarious guy in himself. So what was that like? Yeah, you know, it's strange to say, but it, it, it was a dream come true. Yeah. I, I had, um, I had long loved Danny McBride's comedy, even, you know, even though it was a bit mean spirited, some of the, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, when growing up in the South, you kind of realize how much your, you know, comedic tastes are, are influenced by Danny McBride. Right. And you know, his, his character in Eastbound, his characters in vice principals. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, wall Goggins and it's just an, but the cast itself, the Gemstones cast is, you take those and, and you know, you multiply it by 10 because everybody on that thing is you know, Edie Patterson, who's such a standout on that show, and mm-hmm. Tony Cavallero, who plays Keith. Um, you know, just an amazing, an amazing assembly of really talented comedic, comedic actors. So, like, it, it felt like a rite of passage. I had, I had really wanted to get an audition for, I think I had maybe one or two auditions for Eastbound and Down. Mm-hmm. I understood the comedy, um, but I never, I never got any reads for vice principals. I don't think they had a lot of stuff available to outside actors on that. Right. But this one, uh, you know, I was so lucky to land and, and have kind of a dream role. It, it like playing these, this goth raver, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just died Dallas. I always say die Dallas. People said Daedalus. Yeah. Um, yes. And I think that's, that's what Keith, how Keith pronounces it. But you know, it's it's just it was ridiculous, and the the set pieces. I don't know if you guys have watched through it, but the set pieces we get to operate in, uh, we're we're just some of the coolest. It, it, oh yeah, the they have this big rave, and it, it was a abandoned uh, power factory. No shit. In Charleston, South Carolina, but the, those that crew in particular, you know, Danny McBride and Jody Hill, the, the folks that are right. There's a lot of the writers and and dudes running sound, dudes operating camera. That they, they all went to school together at. University of the Arts. No, North Carolina School of the Arts. There it is. There you go. <laughs> um, there you go. And, uh, yeah, they, they all kind of grew up making stuff together, um, you know, understood each other's uh, idiosyncrasies a little bit Hell deeper. Yeah. <laughs> and Danny McBride went off to L.A. for a while and then decided he wanted to make films in his home, you know, where he, he wanted to live and with the folks he, uh, he, he started making stuff with. And uh, I think it's just such a cool model. Those guys Definitely. have so much respect for each other and, and you know, what they produce is... And you can tell, you know, when you get that group of people together that have worked together before and are like a tight-knit kind of family and stuff, that, that shows through in the projects, man, no doubt. Totally. There's there's not a lot of, you know, sometimes you can get a sense of producers having disagreements and stuff. Right. And I'm sure they have their disagreements or they, they fight for certain things. But 
uh, you know, you don't sense that. It's it's just such a positive set to be on. And and I, there there was one bit working through stuff, and uh, you know, Danny McBride and Jody Hill come over, and they're both just kind of really support, you know, crazy supportive. Hell yeah! Uh, but but to make those dudes laugh in a take is like uh, it's it's a one I'll, I'll remember for a good long while. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, dude, like, I'm just absolutely excited because we're huge fans of uh, Doom Patrol right now. And it's honestly one of the most strangest, newest type of content that is definitely out there for the viewers to watch right now. And I mean, just going through your IMDb, I mean, you know, that's the Bible of the industry. (laughs) Um, Totally. To see that you're about to pop up, man, I'm super freaking pumped. (laughs) I can't wait to see Uh, what your role is. I mean, talk about another crazy crazy insanely talented cast right totally yeah those it's 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 really really wild that uh and that thing that shoots in my hometown of conyers georgia so, oh nice yeah it was strange because i'd i drive to that exit i'd go visit my mom it, even through this pandemic i we we found a way to hang out and, hell yeah so i i make it out there a couple times a week one, once at least once a week um but it was funny driving to work and go <laughs> right. the same route, you know, <laughs> and and like literally three miles from the house I grew up. Nice, I love unreal. that. I love that. Yeah, but uh, but it is it is a, a talented team of folks, and I'm happy it moved to HBO Max where it's going to maybe. I think it has found a lot a lot more eyes and um, you know a lot more buzz around this second season. And yeah, and you're you're familiar with DC because you know Black Lightning. Also, you're 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 a fair rounded guy. You know, you're like show up on yeah. Doom Patrol, show up on Black Lightning. Seem to have found a home in the DC universe. Totally. Well, the, the good thing about comic book stuff is there's tons of bad guys involved. Hell there's yeah. Always some, always some villains. So that's I it. Always play some dirt bags. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying okay. we could see you on star girl soon. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, I, I mean, so. that'd be great, hey, man. They shoot that in Atlanta, you, right? Oh yeah, they do. Uh, speaking of which, have y'all spoken to Mark Ashworth? We have. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Good. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He, oh man. Google. Google sucks. <laughs> Fucking Google, bro. Like <laughs> Google apparently doesn't understand. She bro. does not. No, she does not oh, understand. God. We got Alexa, bro. We understand. We got Alexa. Yeah. Like. All right, cool. Yeah, we're we're all being spied on. Right. That's it, man. That's it. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man. But uh, so, like, turning a little bit away from your film career and what you got coming up and stuff like that. But I mean, being Atlanta based, were you worried about the heartbeat bill and what that was going to do to the entertainment industry in Atlanta? Because I mean, a lot of threats were being made by the huge studios saying that they were going to be pulled out of Atlanta. So were you worried about that? Absolutely. And, And rightly so. I mean, if you can't trust the leadership of a state to, to be, uh, you know, to be sound on what folks consider, you know, human rights. Right. Um, really. How do you expect people to, how do you, as a studio, how do you expect people to come and work in that state? Yeah, and you can't protect, protect them. Um, so it's, it's frustrating. And I, I had been following it pretty seriously, especially around the, when, when it was going down, but right. it, it, it sucks because there's people who, who it really affects is the, uh, the folks who can't afford to pick up and move to another state. Yeah, you know? yeah that's it. Um, a lot of folks have built their lives around the industry here, and and you're kind of leaving, you're kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater a little bit when when you put these, you, you know, when when folks make these demands and 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 pr- full production companies are moving, and rightly so. So I, yeah. you know, you understand it. It's just unfortunately um, 
you know, there's there's plenty of folks who who don't have that luxury of being able to pick up and move. They've started families and bought homes and you know put real roots down. And and that sort of insecurity uh, in the in the the market in the business, um, I, I can't imagine really made a lot of folks happy at the top. I, I you, you know, you saw Netflix move to New Mexico. Yeah. Um, yep. yep. I had a friend that was coming. My friend Sam and Erica, who wrote a Netflix show called The Healing Powers of Dude, mm-hmm. um, they were coming here and they were asking me. You know, they were, I, I lost, I potentially lost work work from it, and I yeah. know a lot of us lost work that we don't even know about. But um, they were coming here and they had, they had been talking to me about, yeah, we're going to find a spot for you in this season, and you know, we're excited. And it, it was weeks before they opened up their office here. Wow, maybe the you know the week they were supposed to come and open up open up their office at that heartbeat build you know, uh, progressed yep. and, um, and they decided to move to Canada, they moved mm-hmm. the whole production to Canada. So yeah, it, it was, uh, it was a stressful time and it still is, you know, we have kind of obviously the governor Kemp, the guy behind that whole thing yep. is now, um, one of the biggest idiots going as far as COVID response. Yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, we're in an unfortunate spot, but fortunately there's been an influx of, of you know reasonable people into the state and into atlanta because of the industry so you know there's a a much larger voting base and folks who are passionate about uh, making sure that thing didn't pass you know everybody sorry to you know harp on this but um i'm particularly long-winded this morning no uh, you're good man yeah folks kind of talked about it like it was you know kabuki theater it was something to enlighten his base or or, uh, energize his base rather and um but really they knew that the supreme court was going to strike it down but still that's an anxious period to be operating in. oh definitely absolutely yeah so it it was a mess well and Um, now i mean hopefully after dodging that bullet you know because now they still got that shit rumbling through the legislation about capping the the incentives and and kind of crushing the industry that way hopefully that doesn't happen i mean like you said there's a lot of smart people that have kind of influxed in there and the voting block and hopefully you know they realize you cap that incentive and you we saw what it did in louisiana when they did that and uh i mean that would be a disaster for georgia yeah every year i mean i see it at my hometown like vampire diaries shot there doom patrol yep um with the originals all all of the julie plex stuff so um you know black lightning shot not far from there and use some of conyers um there's there's a lot of stuff that shoots out there and, and you can see the change that happens in a community when that sort of money makes it there and definitely the you know how attractive it is that that you know you're uh, that you suddenly have a, a a new economic resource you know and that's across the state. Like there's obviously Sonoya driving down to Sonoya where walking dead shoots. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think th- there was something like 40 storefronts before walking dead, um, started. There was 40 s- storefronts along their main street. And I think it was something like maybe 10 or 12 that had actual stores in them. Uh. And now there's not a, a, an empty space there. I don't, I don't know post COVID, but it, it was amazing the change that happened just in Sonoya alone and the tourism that, you know, people, I have a, a friend that operates a, you know, a tourism company here. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they do movie tours oh, nice. and, um, yeah, Atlanta movie tours. They're, they're fun. It's, it's a cool thing. Cause they, a lot of times they'll have actors and stuff along on the tours. They're changing their model obviously in, in post COVID era, right. but, um, you know, th- these sorts of industries that pop up and employ lots of folks and, and bring excitement and tourism to the state. 
you know, it's invaluable. The state's buoyed by so much of this absolutely economic impact of the of the film industry. Exactly. Well, I think this is really going to be eye opening because, like you know, that this podcast is for the up and comers trying to break into the entertainment industry, and this will educate them on how parallel the entertainment industry is with politics right now. Because I mean, you need to stay up to date with certain bills that definitely affect uh, the entertainment industry and things that people just stand for in general. Because I mean, like I said, they they are so intertwined and connected that it's very important to stay up to date and yep. uh, educate yourself on uh, and formulate opinions on these certain topics. Well, and a good example of that is the SAG after vote. So intertwined, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's it's unreal. There's there's a lot of stuff going on, and you can't help but be a conspiracy theorist yeah right uh, like, you know <laughs> so like I, I had to really do some research before i voted on that that sag after bill I was like well you're hearing a lot of stuff a lot of resistance and i, I haven't actually done my my research all right so i'm mm-hmm. gonna sit down and, and do it and i'm gonna and i'll vote accordingly and i, I voted no um but it you know I, apparently there there's a substantial deduction in residuals which residual income if if you're an actor and have had some work mm-hmm. um your residual income is especially during this time where we're all out of work and right. the the film business looks like it's one of the last to maybe uh you know get back into yeah. into working mode um you know residual income is is super important exactly. and super helpful and one of the, the wonderful things about working in this business is you have these huge gaps of of non-work um for some folks it, it can be years but they're at least they have some some residual income coming in some passive income that they can count on exactly but i love that though because you educated yourself before you made that vote not dustin and i talk about this all the time off air people make comments or they do certain actions before they even educate themselves so i i love having you on bro because because yeah, you're dude. such an educated individual and want to learn more about what you are putting your two cents into or what you are voting for. So that's great to hear. Yeah, because I always feel like, you know, you, whether whichever way you vote and, and not just away from the SAG after and even just in regular politics, I feel like I can I can respect you and support you as long as you've educated yourself and you're making your decision informed. Exactly. You know, whether, whether right. I agree with your decision or not, if you informed yourself and you have educated yourself and you are making that decision based on fact then i have to support you i have to i have to respect that so and yeah we love to hear that because like logan said there's so many people out there that they just they listen to the talking points or read the quick headline and then make a decision and it's like how can you possibly do that yeah it's just such a it, I, I think we do have these these you know lighthouses of, of folks that we you know we trust their opinion they they say one thing you you vote accordingly and right for folks that don't have time or energy to do their due diligence and research um that, that you at least find a diversified portfolio mm-hmm. of folks that you trust you know if, if you don't if you you do the reading you try and do your research and you can't understand completely what the issues are well you know uh, take a sample of, of who who do you trust and, and what are their opinions on it. Right. And, and that's, you know, that's even better. That's more informed. Exactly. Definitely. But it, it's not just going to one person. It's not just going to Sean King's Twitter. It's going to, right. you know, <laughs> making sure you, you know a lot of, you know, you're going to many places. See? And that and that's why we respect you so much, man. <laughs> so now oh, we can't leave the biggie you got coming up off, right? We got to talk about respect. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that that's incredible. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a amazing movie, and it it was definitely one of the the best experiences of my acting career. Um, working with Lisa Tommy, and uh-huh. you know, I'm playing Roger Hawkins, yes. who is a um, he's a legendary Muscle Shoals drummer. <laughs> I'm I'm, no, I'm nowhere near as good as him. Uh, I hope I hope it doesn't show on on uh, on the screen. But um, I met an incredible group of dudes who were the the Muscle Shoals band. We're still buds, and we're on a text thread. And play D and D with with a couple of them. That's and, epic. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, it, it was it was one of the best experiences I had had. And and you know, so by being in this Muscle Shoals band, um, there were entire days where we're just sitting around, like I'm sitting around behind a drum kit, uh, miming the drum play and listening to Jennifer Hudson sing acapella. Oh. <laughs> so it was like, it was just, uh, yeah, just, just an amazing, an amazing, an amazing, uh, couple of, couple of weeks right. on that. So. Right. You're <laughs> yeah. getting paid for a free concert. basically. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It's, there was so many times where I just had it. I would look around the room. So like, you know, Jennifer Hudson's there and Mark Marin's playing Jerry Wexler, who was uh, a record label exec. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you have Marlon Wayne's. Oh and, yeah. Uh, you know, it it was in the 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 actual talent, musical talent involved, um, in the the costuming talent, the hair talent, and uh, it, it, I think it's going to be a really fantastic film. I, they they've slated it for an award season. Mm-hmm. Um, Smart move. Opening. Yeah, we'll see. I, you know, it's it was funny. There was there were times where I'd walk over and talk to Jennifer Hudson during takes and stuff, and just amazing how how much she embodied. Uh, Aretha Franklin and yeah, oh, no, I just keep always thinking like if I were to walk up to her, I'd be like Simon Cowell. <laughs> like, you, you remember Simon Cowell said he didn't think she was good enough to win American Idol. He just maybe this wasn't the right place for her. And I'm thinking Oscar gold now, <laughs> like you know all these phenomenal hit records. I'm like, uh, yeah, Simon, yeah. right? She, she she just wasn't there, right? right. Well, it's <laughs> funny because I I I got onto the Jennifer Hudson train after this after work in this film, but I, I didn't really know, you know, and I hadn't seen dream girls. I hadn't seen a lot of Jennifer Hudson's work. Um, but then being able to work with her on this particular thing, it's, you know, I'm, I'm a fan. Definite, definite. Yeah. I'm super excited for this thing to come out too, especially, I mean, of course to see her performance, but, and of course to see your performance, bro, because I mean, like, like I said at the beginning of the interview, freaking the more and more things we watch, the more and more times we see you pop up. So it's just awesome to see, man. And a huge credit to your acting skill, my friend, because I mean, the the list of credits that, you know, these are phenomenal projects with large fan bases and, and like you said, award potential, you know, and you're in them, man. And that that has everything to do with what you're bringing to the table, friend. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you. Of course, of course. And I mean, we know from your first interview that you dabble a little bit in the directing realm. Uh, can you see yourself directing again? Do you see anything like that in the near future or in the future in general? I've been thinking about it a lot more, actually. I, I, uh, I have a couple plays that I've been meaning to convert to screenplays. Oh, and nice. one is, yeah, it, this, this, I have... One that that it's only it only requires three cast members more or less, and yeah. I think the screenplay would maybe have a handful more, but it's it's contained. Um, it all takes place in a in a bomb shelter, so it's pretty. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, no, that doesn't yeah, sound intense contained. at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and it's. Uh, I, I, so I, I've been kicking around the idea of, of directing that, and then I started playing with a new band. Nice. Um, and so we're we're all film dudes. I'm, two of the guys are prop guys that worked on doom patrol and mm. i met i met the my buddy todd on 
um, on Walking Dead. There you go. And just really good dude. So, you know, we're all filmmakers and uh, we all have ideas about how we're going to do our music videos. So I, I think we're going to have probably a, a rotating hat. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> you do, you do this, this one. I'll get the next one. I'll help you production design this one. You yeah. do your, yeah. Well, that'll be uh, fun though. That'll be really yeah. fun. It'll be uh, slick. But man, you know what we like to do at the end of each interview is have our guests leave a little piece of advice for trying for people trying to break into the industry and what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid? Because I can only imagine a guy like yourself working so much, you learn something new every day. Yeah. Um, well, it's I don't know what my last piece of advice was, but uh, what I've realized more and more during this COVID thing is, you know, how how much my life had become about acting mm. and I never at the end of the day I never wanted my you know I don't want my tombstone to be like you know here lies Josh Michael an actor <laughs> um, you know like that's the last thing like the, the people the actors I meet by and large are the least interesting people you meet on set um, you know a lot of times I, I get uncomfortable talking to actors and actors stuff I don't really <laughs> I don't know. I just don't. <laughs> it's a lot of vainglory. It's like, because I'm feeling those same feelings. So like right. all the same insecurities. It's just like, ugh, we're all shitting. We're all sitting in shitty diapers. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's like, oh, is your diaper shitty? It's like, yeah, my diaper's shitty. Um, <laughs> but, like, but when you're, you know, when you diversify your interests, you see it kind of as, as COVID has been going on that mm-hmm. um, as these quarantines have been continuing that, Actors who are are just about acting are, are just kind of losing <laughs> losing their minds a bit. Oh um, yeah, you know you see these weird three a.m. selfie sessions and whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially like after you know after the Black Lives Matter blackouts and stuff, and and you know there are real real serious issues going on. Definitely. And these folks who have made their their Instagrams and their their social media and you know their social presence all about acting mm-hmm. suddenly are having to change gears and that it's such a severe change that they're just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I, oh, right. Maybe I'll just post a picture of myself with a, a quote from my Angelou or something. And, it, and it's like, yo, I, you're just losing sense of, of self. You know, you, yeah. you're just such a, uh, just be less plastic. So I've, what I've realized, long story short, what I've realized <laughs> is uh, the more stuff you do, the more interest you have, the stuff you care about outside of the acting world only makes you a better actor because mm. you have, you know, you have those things to, to draw upon. You're learning, you're learning about something else. And, um, you know, I hope, I hope I can maintain this balance of, of normal life. Um, when, when the business gets back to usual, so, yeah, yeah. Definitely. do something else, have it, have another interest other than acting. Yeah. And, I mean, that it was very much like a pitfall and a, a piece of advice because it's basically like stepping outside your comfort zone trying new things and if you stay inside your comfort zone then you're going to be the same old person exactly but dude freaking i love that that's so good because i mean a whole bunch of people are just so tunnel vision focused that they just stay on their path and don't even like turn um, to see the flowers on the side or some shit like that so you <laughs> know right. you just need, yeah. to, need to check out the flowers every once in a while man check out the flowers and you know you have this you'll have this contingency of folks who will support you through every selfie you post right yeah. like, right especially if you're an actor so i, I started to notice okay I, I having done walking dead and the fan base is so so intense right um, and wonderful 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 people um that you you know, I, you start getting a bit jaded 
um, because you're posting, you post walking dead related stuff and, yeah. and you have, you're suddenly getting a, you know, <laughs> a return on your investment that you have, uh, uh, you, when you post walking dead stuff, you're seeing, you know, a substantial amount of people respond. But yeah. then when you post a normal everyday, you know, something, you know, I like to garden. So I post some garden stuff and it's like, it gets fractions of the, mm. of the attention yeah. and you're like, well, I, you know, you just have to fight through that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, and that you know, that's. Desire. So important because we we always talk about that when we bring new people into the company, you know, like interns or people that are going to be working for us and everything, and they understand that they might run across some celebrities or actors and, and, and different people in the industry. And the first thing we always say is just remember they're just people. They're just like yeah. us. They, they, they live normal lives. They like to do normal things. And so while they might have a presence, you know, they are, like you said, in the garden doing some gardening or they are, you know, in the kitchen making some, making some, you know, lunch or something. They're just normal people. So I, I love the fact that you're grounded in that and in, in that reality and understand that this is my job, but I'm also just a guy, you know, who likes right. to do stuff. So that's so good, man. Yeah. Some people, I think, you know, with their social media presence, they kind of, you know, uh, they share themselves into a corner where yeah. everything becomes about acting. So they don't feel like they can share their personal lives or they, well, not that you want to share your, all your personal shit, but right. it, you know, they, they can't share stuff that actually matters to them because right. it's all like, well, the only thing my fan base response to is another picture of my face right, right it's almost like they freaking they feel like it's another marketing tool where it's like i have to do this so i can use it to further promote myself or what project i'm coming on when it all social media i feel like is supposed to be um like show self-expression like supposed to be like to tell the people who you really are totally that's it yeah and exactly. you know just just be interesting don't you know whatever i, I, I see, <laughs> then you see like it was well, it's wild i don't know it, it it's just such a weird world to navigate it is the, the social media world and <laughs> like I, I feel like i do myself a disservice to be honest with with my social media because like you know i i'm not a i'm not a, a folks perceive me as a villain you, you know you have you build this type acting wise and then right. basically everything that i do Otherwise, is like is the antithesis of that. Yeah, exactly. And so, Clearly, one of the nicest yeah. guys we've ever talked to, bro. I mean, it's like, it's uh, like yeah, you see you, and again, just goes to show how great an actor you are because you come off like crazy good as all these villains. But he's like, no, he's in the garden, man. He's a gardener. Exactly. He's Thank like you. a nice guy. Got that yeah. great thumb. So. Yeah, it's, it's so it's like, well, am I am I talking myself out of a job? Am I becoming less <laughs> right. because people know this side of my life? Right. Like, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it like you said, it's a super crazy world that we live in right now, and it's all a balancing. I feel like you gotta try to balance that pendulum a little bit and see what happens. That's it. One thing for sure, dude. The next time we're in the Atlanta area, we gotta hook up and have a drink. Cause yeah, right. You're like one of the coolest dudes ever, man. I can totally see just hanging out with you, having a drink, and enjoying a night, man. That sounds like a plan. Dude. Drinks on me. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you are the that. working actor. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if this if this, if this uh, right. sag. Well, well, it depends. It's contingent on if this sag. That's uh, right. This new sag contract. We we won't hold the drinks on <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, you know, well, if, if if this thing doesn't happen and the residuals dry up, dude, we got you. We got you. All right, sounds great. Appreciate y'all. Of course, good to man. have friend, friends like you guys. Of That's course, right. Of course, of course, we're always here for you, brother. Like we said, anytime you ever want to come back on the show to either promote something or just come on shoot the shit. I mean, as I'm sure you know, we have an industry news segment. We just talk all about the industry news for the past week, and I mean, you're 
you're just an epic dude, man. So we would love to have you on at a guest host sometime. Absolutely. We love it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, listen, man, you have a good rest of the day. And thank you again for taking a little time out of your day to come and get a little crazy with us. Y'all too. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother. We'll be talking to you soon. Sounds great. Later, dudes. See ya. Bye, dude. That guy, I just love when he comes on. And definitely you can see, even in the interview process, like the growth that he's had since the last time that we talked to him. Because the first time he was a little nervous. And, I mean, now he's like just skyrocketed. I mean, he's on like every hot project right now. So it's always fun talking to him. You definitely see the confidence level rising as the projects get bigger, you know, and kind of. But I think he's seen so much success because he's just so real. He is. He's got to be one of the most grounded people we've ever talked to where he just says, hey, this is life. This is how it's going. And I love the fact, like you said, he. this is an educated guy. He is. This is an informed guy. He's on top of making decisions the right way and not the wrong way. And I think that also plays heavily into the success that he's Yeah, seen, and so. I think one of my favorite parts about the interview is when he said, if you don't have time, because life can get in the way, and we all know that. Life can get in the way to where you don't have time to do the research. But go to someone who's very like-minded that you trust and get their opinions on it if they've had time to do the research and like do it that way because we understand that life can get a little crazy you can't read through a whole bill or you can't read through a whole article or anything but still somewhat educate yourself before making a decision that's right but man i just thank you again joshua McHale, for coming on the show Alrighty, now it is time for the top five segment. Yes. Oh man, oh man. The top five this week is brought to you by our podcast producer, Jason, who's just been rocking and rolling, definitely throwing out some new ideas. Man, this one, <laughs> I had to go digging for this shit. I, I mean, this was crazy. I mean, I knew one right off the bat that I wanted to put on there, but then the rest of them, yeah, I was like, man, what? There's so many. Yeah. How do you choose? Exactly, so. exactly. Top five cop thrillers mm. like not buddy cop movies cop thrillers some yes. nice juicy dramatic dialogue like it was intense it was intense but i mean we got some good picks we got some good picks uh my number five goes to swat you know with mm. uh samuel jackson ll cool j yes. fucking colin farrell like so many good actors and such a good storyline and plus i'm not sure a lot of people know james dumont Yes. James Dumont is in SWAT. So exactly. be sure to go back and fucking like watch this one. It's such an epic story. Like, I'm just, I really like this movie. Uh, agreed. And I bet he knows the theme song too. I bet he does. That, that we should be doing. Should we, boy, we had a lot of feedback on that. Maybe we'll do that one next right. time. Right. Uh, mine, number five, is Black Klansman. We've talked about this movie multiple times on the show. We think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I just that everybody, Topher Grace, everybody involved in that thing was just epic, and and the surprise, you know, a thriller all the way around. Like I, I just, I, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Spike is a genius, and just if you haven't seen this film, you should. Yeah, um, do it, do it. It's I can't such say a good enough movie. about it. It's such a good movie, and Denzel Washington's son. Yeah, Washington. Yeah, David Washington, right? Yeah. Yeah, so good. So good. Uh, My number four goes to Black Mass. We're talking about uh, Whitey Bulger. I'm a fucking, I love gangster flicks, especially Mm -hmm. when it has to do with like New York or Boston, anywhere up east. Like, just so fucking good. But I mean, you throw in uh, Johnny Depp, and like, this guy was just recently caught, like, 
less than 10, 10 years ago. He was on the run for like years and years. But such a good movie, especially, I mean, like I said, Johnny Depp. You got Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Like, such a good cast. You got Dakota Johnson and Joel Edgerton. I mean, there's so many fucking good epic people in this movie and such a good dramatic performance by everyone involved. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally agree. My number four, Patriot's Day. You remember that one? That's about uh, Mark Wahlberg, the Boston police officer that that tracked down after the bombing at the marathon. Yeah. Um, Man, this movie did a brilliant job because, as you guys know, we we come from a news background and everything, and uh, you know we were in involved in carrying this story and following this story live on TV as it was happening and everything, and it was intense when they find found this guy finally in the backyard in the boat. Remember, yeah. he was hiding in the boat and yeah. he was worried about getting shot and like all the shit that went down. I think Wahlberg and the gang behind this movie did a brilliant job of capturing that intensity and even though you kind of knew what was going to happen you didn't know what was going to happen in the movie so it just a brilliant movie i really really liked it patriots day same man freaking same uh my number three goes to american gangster Mm. freaking russell crowe denzel washington about frank lucas heroin fucking drug lord in um harlem new york so i mean fucking example of what i just said for about black mask yep uh but these two they were just fucking phenomenal in these characters like it's so good so good especially the back and forth they like because even though like russell crowe's character is trying to apprehend and like get denzel washington's character like in jail obviously but they like they play back and forth so well during the scenes that they have together so it was really good Mm, mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm Totally. Wow, boy, this is a good list. This is a really good list. All right, my number three, I don't know if a lot of people have heard of this one because it kind of came out in a time with, I guess, huge, bigger movies, and so it was kind of overlooked a little bit, I think. Um, Prisoners. Yeah. This is a fantastic movie with Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Viola Davis, uh, Terrence Howard, Paul Dano. It's basically about this child that gets kidnapped, and they're on the hunt for them. And, and like, Jackman goes insane trying to hunt down and find this kid. And uh, Paul Dano is... it's, like, his kid, right? And then his yeah, kid. Yeah, And then he finds, like, the guy who he thinks did it. Yeah, and then Paul Dano's character. Tortures like, him and shit. Yeah, crazy-ass Paul Dano in this film, man. A, a just brilliant performance by him. Creepy-ass van and, like, yeah. all the kind of shit. Viola Davis and Terrence Howard are fantastic in it as well. Yeah. Um, definitely, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's a really good movie. Yeah, man. And definitely. you'll be surprised. It's definitely got a twist. Hey, yeah, it's crazy it's absolutely crazy uh my number two goes to four brothers freaking tyrese mm. gibson uh, andre 3000 from outcast yes. i mean fucking mark Wahlberg and terrence howard yep. like uh cookie fucking what's her face taraji b taraji yeah. like there's so many epic fucking people in this one as well especially like when they're all adopted brothers and they come back to try to kind of solve their mother's murder and like the way they do it it was just insane absolutely insane like one of my favorite movies of all time to be honest with you four yeah, brothers i would agree it's one of mine as well and, and and a real i mean thrill ride from start to finish honestly another one of those where it's twists and turns and you don't know what's coming definitely so but we got a theme mark Wahlberg and the, and the washingtons and right like, like <laughs> terrence howard we got a little theme going it's all right yeah, yeah. it's okay and we're gonna keep with that theme my number two is training day with denzel washington and ethan hawk holy shit definitely a good one yeah <laughs> Man, if you haven't seen this film, you should definitely be seeing this film. Right. All right, I think we all know Denzel Washington as a badass, crooked cop. 
who doesn't want to see that? Right. That's all I'm saying. Poor Ethan Hawke stood no chance. I know. No fucking chance. Drugging him like no, he gave him spice and shit like, or some PCP and fucking shit King Kong ain't got crazy. nothing on me. Like yeah, fucking. It's great crazy. Movie. It's a brilliant movie. Yeah, definitely high on the list. Definitely, definitely. My number one, of course, it's a Leonardo DiCaprio film and Mark Wahlberg yeah. and Matt Damon <laughs> and Martin Sheen, like and fucking uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Like this movie is star packed. That's and- funny that you had because they, that's two black masses. Yeah, you know Johnny Depp and Jack Nicholson played the same character, Whitey Bulger. There, you know, so that's interesting. He, uh, uh, Jack Nicholson played Frank Costello. Uh, I thought he played Whitey. He did not. <sighs> yeah, I know. Gotcha. What? Boom. Fact check. Oh, fact check. man. Yeah, fucking fact check. But, oh, uh, yeah, Who The Departed. Him? Who played Whitey? Nobody played Whitey in that film. It wasn't about Whitey. Wasn't it based on? Because I, I swear I remember reading something that it was it based on It might have been Whitey. based on, but, I mean, it that wasn't his character's okay. name. Yeah. all right. Which was weird because there was a real-life gangster who ran with um, Lucky Luciano, who was Frank Costello in New York. So, I mean, and this was set in Boston. So, I yeah, it's weird. It's all weird. Uh, but uh, <laughs> You're the gangster guy, though, so I, I wholeheartedly yeah, yeah. trust you on this. <laughs> but so the good. Departed, Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon, this is definitely a thrill ride because you're trying to – kind of trying to keep up because you have a kid who grew up in a gangster society Mm -hmm. who became an informant for the gangsters in law enforcement and then you got this undercover cop who becomes a fucking a gangster with the gangsters like trying to fucking just it's a lot to keep up with but it's so damn good and especially when Leonardo DiCaprio's character and Matt uh, Damon's character finally figures out who each other is like absolutely brilliant and i mean one of the best things i love about that movie too is that line they deliver because i feel like it's so true even if you'll go all the way back to the untouchables with you know uh kevin costner and stuff about uh, coming up in in those type neighborhoods in those type families you you only had two choices you were a gangster or a cop yeah exactly. Uh, you were on one side or the other and that's how your life was going to play out and i really love how they address that it's like it's so good and i mean how parallel they're upbringings were like because right. they literally one of them could have went either way exactly so, such a good movie Ugh. martin scorsese yes of course yeah. i mean just knows how to tell a story he does that's scorsese yeah i like that my number one what's in the fucking box man? <laughs> it's in the fucking box what's in the box <laughs> it's gwyneth peltro's head brad it's gwyneth peltro's head spoiler seven yeah seven is my number one all-time favorite cop it's thriller one i mean you never knew what was coming in that movie, right? It was all over the place. Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kevin Spacey. The, this movie was insane. Yeah. I just, the seven sins, man. The seven deadly sins. And it was like some of the most disgusting shit. Yeah. That pound of flesh and the gluttony and like the, ugh. Yeah. I mean, it was just nasty. <laughs> but um, And Spacey was just like, you know, uncredited. Really? Uncredited, wow. yeah. Uh, yeah, it was insane. I guess part of the they didn't want you to know who the bad guy was. Mm. You remember they kind of kept him secret the whole time until you yeah. finally saw his face or whatever. And so they felt like, I guess, if they gave Spacey away that you would know. Right. So that, yeah, uncredited, the whole was not in the premiere. Uh, I mean, was not in the um, trailers. Just like everything kind of hidden around that whole thing. So crazy. Very interesting, man. Yeah. But yeah. And Brad Pitt really broke his hand. So when he's wearing that cast in, in it, he, he broke that on set, had to wear the cast. So he's so good. He's, he's that good. 
good. He's so he's good. He's that good. Oh, my goodness. But great top five <laughs> segment. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. Be sure to like the video, subscribe, do all that fun stuff that's on YouTube. And like we said at the top of the show, if you are listening to the podcast on podcast platforms, please go back and watch the video on YouTube. But yes. great top five. Great top five. Definitely. Now it is time for the box office recap. We got some classics that re-entered the top ten. Oh, we got a top ten this week. Ten. Huh? There were actually ten movies that like, made money this week. Like shit. What? Uh, the Rental. No idea what that one is. Yep. Uh, uh, 318000 Number yes. two is The Goonies, though. Yeah. With 115000 One of my all-time favorites. Uh, number three is Jurassic Park. Uh, definitely a changer of the entertainment landscape, especially oh, yeah. with technology and everything oh, yeah. like that. Uh, that came in with 117000 Back to the Future uh, came in at number four with 107000 Uh Number five was The Big Ugly mm. with 105000 Number six was Grease, Grease Lightning with 102000 <laughs> Number three was uh, Summerland with... Um, 38,000. And number eight was The Wretched with 18,000. Number nine was Relic with 10,000. And number 10 was Followed with mm. 2,000. The consistent ones at the drive ins. Right? They're, they've been consistent. Yeah, they've all been up there, man. Like, they've been killing it. But now it is time for the IMDb Pro Top Trending yes. segment. Oh, man, you guys know. We love this app. It is literally the one-stop shop for all the entertainers out there. If you are an up-and-coming actor, writer, director, music producer, producer in general, fucking musician, like this is where you need to go to get all of your information. Facts. There's so much content. There's so much contacts. Like it's all <laughs> about who you know and what you know. And literally, you can get both of those things on this app. It's true. Definitely. Uh, I mean, everything. Yeah. Uh, the top trending movie is uh, Bircha. No, sure. No idea. No idea what it is either. Yeah, like Dilbercha, Bitcha, Betcha, something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Uh, Look it up on IMDb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the top trending TV show is The Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Uh, does not surprise me. The second season just uh, was released on Netflix. Yep. Uh, so be sure to check that out. And the top trending star is still Catherine Langford. Yes. For kicking ass. Yeah, always. cursed. Just, and, you know, wants to play Tony's adult daughter again. And she's just everywhere. Yeah, man. Yeah. She's just fucking everywhere. <laughs> But anyway, guys, thank you so much for getting a little crazy with us on episode 124 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Uh, be sure to uh, follow our guest, Joshua McHale, on all social yes. media platforms. Thank you again, buddy, for taking time out of your day and getting a little crazy with us. It's so fun. So fun. Uh, be sure to follow the company and the podcast on social media. The company is at Crazy Ant Media Everywhere. The podcast is ItCaf Podcast Everywhere. Yes. And of course, follow ourselves on social media. Myself at JLo Fantastic and Crazy Ant Guy 1970. That's right. That's right. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, Anchor, iHeartRadio. And you know, you can watch us on YouTube. Be sure to hit that like button. Subscribe. Subscribe, 
ring that bell, do all those amazing <laughs> YouTube things to stay up to date with us. I mean, we appreciate everybody with that. Our YouTube presence is definitely growing. Yes. So we appreciate all that good shit that is happening there. And of course, be sure to visit our website, crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear, new merch up at all the freaking time. Be sure to head there now and start purchasing some amazing crazy and items definitely man oh man my favorite part of the show was probably joshua McHale's interview yeah yeah it was so damn good and i mean the growth of just because i mean if everyone goes back and listens to the first time we had him on the show he was kind of nervous kind of like you know in his box but now man the growth that this guy has just come out of his shell and kicking ass in atlanta and just making a name for himself i'm really like happy that we have that hit that connection yeah agreed and i i really enjoy guests who come on and 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 have you know thought-provoking conversation you know and and uh, he's he's always delivered on that. Just a very cool guy, man. Yeah. And I can't wait to like go have drinks with him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. Gonna, it's gonna be a blast. oh, and also, um, fucking the Peacock is way cheaper than HBO Max, so I might just sign up to watch the Harry Potter movies and then right? fucking like bail. And look, I can't say. I, I mean, obviously, one of my favorite things that we talked about, without doubt, is the success of Disney Plus. Yeah. I mean, we predicted that kind of that we thought that they might be gunning for Netflix, it's and amazing. guys with sixty five million in nine months that is huge yeah, so is. that was exciting to talk about so took a little dip but disney plus i think is going to carry him through corona i think so too i think so too i well i mean we talk about it all the time streaming is the future yep. it's all going to be streaming i mean probably going to be tentpole movies in the movie theaters and i mean yeah i mean it's really going to be interesting. <laughs> now that that law's gone they'll tell you what movie theater you're gonna see it in like exactly you know, exactly <laughs> but it's just always a great time always a great time and you know who's our favorite person and always a great person because she's the best and the only oh that matters. that's right oh, 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 oh.